Welcome to the Practical Growth Podcast. I'm your host, E.B. Johnson, top writer on Medium.com, published author, and master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming. You've landed on the podcast that takes you on a journey into the heart of relationships and self-discovery. This is a must listen for those who are ready to overcome their toxic relationships and their toxic patterns. You can expect real talk, practical guidance, and raw and relatable guests that you'll be talking about for weeks. Let's get into it. Hello, hello, hello again, my lovelies. It is me, EB, and I am back with another episode of the Practical Growth Podcast. We are picking up speed this season, and this episode is no different. Today, we are going to be hitting narcissistic abuse. What does it actually mean for us to heal from narcissistic abuse? What does it take? How do we do it? What does that really look like? Because there's a lot of flowery words that get put up around any kind of healing, right? Well, I'm going to break down the walls and we are going to, in less than 30 minutes, figure out what everything is about and how we can heal and recover ourselves from narcissistic abuse, whether it's in childhood or a romantic relationship. Just before we jump in, though, you already know, update time, update time, update time. My group coaching program is launching October 6th. Yay! And our first live training is going to be October 15th. That's our first live one-hour workshop with a live Q&A with me. So you need to get yourself on the waiting list right now if you're serious about building a community for yourself, if you're serious about going into 2023 on the right foot to heal. So this is my monthly group coaching subscription. And for one low monthly fee, you get access to me and a host of great coaching resources and not just any coaching resources, NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming Coaching Resources. Go find any of my clients on TikTok or Instagram and they will tell you this stuff works. Okay. Um, this includes our bi-monthly workshop. So twice a month, you get a one hour workshop with me on a ton of different healing issues. And we're even going to have some really, really, really exciting guest speakers and coaches as well. So if you want to dig deep, cover topics like narcissistic relationship recovery, uh, childhood trauma, healing, narcissistic parents, if you want to build a community with other people who are going through this, doing the work at the same time as you are, then you got to get on the list for this, okay? It is first come, first serve. You can cancel at any time, but it is limited, okay? You don't have to apply, but we want to make sure that everyone is getting the focus that they need to really improve themselves through this group coaching membership. So it's going to be limited seats available. So to get yourself on that waiting list, you need to head over to therealebjohnson.com and click on blog. At the top there, you'll see a whole little piece. It'll give you all the details, about my group coaching program and how you can get yourself on the waiting list. All right, narcissistic abuse recovery. What does that really look like? How do we do it? Let's go. We're going to break this down in under 30 minutes. Uh, In short, narcissistic abuse is mental, emotional. um, It can even be physical, sexual, financial, and spiritual abuse um, that is inflicted on you by someone with either narcissistic personality disorder or with highly, highly, highly narcissistic traits, okay? Because you don't have to have a full diagnosis in order to be a narcissistic person. Um, So both of these personalities, the actual diagnose, and then just a narcissistic person, they can both narcissistically abuse you, okay? And this abuse is inflicted in order to affirm their worldview. It's to 
anchor their unstable desires, their unstable self-image. It's to feed their ego and to feed their self-esteem. Okay. It all comes back to them. This narcissistic abuse is rooted in that significant empathy deficit that so many narcissists have. Okay. They cannot feel that compassion, that empathy. They cannot relate their emotions and their emotional experiences to you having those same emotional experiences. All roads of this abuse come back to comforting and justifying those warped delusional states of the narcissistic person. Okay, that's fundamentally what narcissistic abuse comes down to. Now, it's important to note that this form of abuse, narcissistic abuse, it doesn't just happen as adults. Okay, this can start in your childhood. You can have narcissistic parents who narcissistically abuse you as a child. So for a lot of victims, a lot of survivors of narcissistic abuse, they find that it's a pattern that has followed them throughout their life, all the way from childhood, where they were conditioned to accept that behavior from that personality type right into their adulthood. So then what are the long-term effects? Why is this such a big deal? Why do I spend so much time focusing on narcissistic abuse versus just like emotional abuse or mental abuse? or verbal abuse. Uh, Well, here's why. When you are abused by a narcissist, especially when you are abused by a narcissist in childhood, you end up with some serious long-term effects. And it doesn't just stop when the abuse ends. It actually keeps going, even if the narcissist gets removed from your life. And here's just a few of those, right? You get low self-esteem. They destroy your self-esteem so that they can destroy your self-image. You get the unstable self-image, just like the narcissist. You don't know who you are. You're not allowed to like the things you like. You're not allowed to explore or experiment, especially in childhood, but also in adult relationships. You are taught to gaslight yourself. Is this real? Is this really happening? Am I being too sensitive? Am I making too big of a deal out of this? You learn inherently to doubt every single experience that you have, because that's what narcissists do in order to keep control of you. Uh, In that same space of learning how to gaslight yourself, you also learn to self-abuse, okay? When you exist in these negative environments in which you're constantly being abused and you're told that you have no worth, you go out into the world and you subconsciously self-sabotage and inflict self-abuse. You learn poor relationship skills. Uh, You can find yourself extremely socially isolated. You can end up with low emotional intelligence, and that's a big one, okay? Because narcissists inherently have to impede your emotional intelligence because if you're too emotionally intelligent, then you see their games for what they are and you wouldn't tolerate them. Um, But you can also end up with a lack of emotional regulation, just like a narcissist has a lack of emotional regulation. Uh, And then really commonly, you can wind up with anxiety, depression, and insecure and avoidant attachment issues. That seems like a heck of a lot, right? Like how in the world are you supposed to come back, find yourself, be happy again, have any kind of sense of safety or stability or security in a world in which you think you're worthless, in a world in which you have no idea who you are and you have no idea how to even go about finding that person because you were never allowed to experiment and go out and find that person. It seems very daunting and it is, right? It's terrifying to all of a sudden find yourself dropped in the world with no sense of who you are or what you really want. But here's the thing, in four, with four basics, okay? I'm gonna give you these four basics. You can transform your life after narcissistic abuse and you can find the answer to who am I? What do I want? What is happening next? How do I draw the line? Number one, First and foremost, before anything and everything else, you need to focus on healing your inner child wounds. So many people talk about, oh, start here, start there, start talking to yourself, start approaching people like this and saying that. 
None of that matters if you have not healed or at least identified and figured out how to work with your inner child. Because let me tell you something, every narcissist in your life has targeted your inner child, whether it happened in childhood, literally, or it happens in your adulthood. Narcissists target your inner child. That is how they are able to form trauma attachments with you. Okay. They target that little girl and tell her she's crap. And then that little girl goes, oh no, am I crap? Please love me. Okay. That's how they are able to trigger us. And that's how they are best able to minimize us, to wound our self-esteem and to damage our self-image. So for you to heal, you have to start finding, you know, your optimism again, your light again, your hope, that excitement, that joy in life, right? Because how are you going to get through the slog that is recovering yourself, that is getting through all the rough memories, realizations, expectations, boundaries, if you don't have some kind of optimism, some kind of hope, some kind of joy to look forward to, that comes from your inner child. Your inner child's the one who gets excited about things. Okay, so you need to nurture that child again. You need to teach them that they are lovable, that they are safe, that there are still good people in the world and that they are one of them. That is where you must, 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 must begin your journey. Just figuring out how to comfort that child and find your joy in life again. Find the things that you make you smile, make you happy. And then you can build from there. Now, once you have tapped into that inner child and you're going with the inner child work and you're getting things going, you've got to re-educate yourself about literally everything. I know that there are a lot of people out here who when you're like, oh, you've got to learn new skills and you've got to like teach yourself everything you can learn about narcissism. Well, yeah, yeah. Like learning about narcissism is one side of the coin, right? That might help you understand why your abuser did the things that they did, but that doesn't help you understand why you specifically were attracted to that, were fooled by that, were, you know, drawn in, whatever it is, whatever it is, you have to re-educate yourself about yourself, okay? And that means, A, learning everything you can about the scientific aspects of human behavior and psychology, okay? All relationships are psychology. All the aspects of ourself, our anxiety, our fears, the things that hold us back, the things that give us passion, all of that is also wrapped into, you guessed it, our psychology. The more you understand about human psychology, the more you will come to understand why it is that you do the things that you do the way that you do them. And when you can identify that, you can then start to identify clear and effective ways to change those things if that's what you want to do. But the learning isn't just it doesn't just stop there. Right. It's not just about learning why you do the things you do, why you react to trauma, um, how you react to trauma. It's also about learning how people interact with one another. It's learning about how your emotions interact with those of others. And then you add on learning about narcissism, okay? Relationships with narcissists, they don't just like, it's not some magical accident. You didn't just happen to bump into this toxic person and then that toxic person took over your life, okay? These relationships that we build with toxic people, they are built. We build them. We make the choice to be in them. And it requires a lot of real knowledge and skills to navigate yourself in and out of those relationships in a healthy way that you don't regret. Thirdly, you want to build, build, build on your emotional intelligence, okay? This has to be a fundamental part of recovering yourself from narcissistic abuse. Narcissists inherently are low in emotional intelligence. So if you were raised 
by someone who has low emotional intelligence, how would you have high emotional intelligence? Do you understand what I'm saying? If you haven't been exposed to it, how would you have it? And the same thing happens in our adult relationships as well, right? Emotional intelligence is a skill. It's something that we learn to do. It's something that we learn the value of. And even if you leave the perfect childhood and then you stumble into a narcissistic relationship and you're not able to use your emotional intelligence, it's constantly hammered out of you, right? Like, don't do that. You're punished every time you try to be emotionally intelligent by a narcissistic person. Then, you, you, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. Okay, you as well start to dip back into that low emotional intelligence. So no matter where the narcissistic abuse has happened in your life, you need to build up your emotional intelligence. And that is a fundamental understanding of your emotional states, right? How they come about, what they're related to, what triggers you, why does it trigger you? Um, It's an awareness, okay? It's an awareness of your emotions and how they affect you. But it goes deeper than that. Your emotional intelligence doesn't just help you to understand your motivations. It also helps you to understand the emotional links and motivations in other people. And when you're healthy, that is amazing, right? Because it allows you to be more open and honest with people. You can build trust because you can be vulnerable with people and you can read people being vulnerable with you. It doesn't work that way in a narcissistic relationship. So even if you increase your emotional intelligence, it helps you to see these narcissistic motivations. What's toxic? This person should not be relating to me that way. I shouldn't be relating to this person that way. Emotional intelligence is such a fundamental part of recovering who you are, discovering who you want to be, and setting a new path forward. It's also Okay, the greatest way by which we avoid narcissistic disaster ourselves, because it is incredibly easy to slip into our own narcissistic behaviors and beliefs after being abused by narcissists for a long, long time. So if you want to avoid avoid that death trap, (laughs) you've got to increase your emotional intelligence skills as a part of your recovery journey. And last but not least, the one that everyone gets, you know, this one, this is one of the most controversial things that I say. And you would think that I say a lot of controversial things talking about toxic parents and how so many people are toxic towards their kids and yada, 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 yada. But by far, this is this is the idea that I get the most pushback on. And it is this. If you're serious about not being abused by toxic and or narcissistic people anymore, and that is, yes, people with MPD, but also just anyone who's a dick, then you've got to learn how to tap into your justified rage, okay? And people don't like that, but but here it is. Here's the rub. When you're a narcissistic abuse survivor, you're not allowed to feel your emotions. And there, there's a whole wide range of them. Sometimes you're allowed to feel grief, okay? If a narcissist, if you're like with a malignant narcissist who likes to know that you're punished, they get like some satisfaction from your punishment, you might be allowed to feel grief because that gives them a supply. But by and large, if you have survived a narcissistic household or a narcissistic relationship, you were made to stuff your emotions down. You could not have emotional reactions. And that's especially true of your anger, right? A narcissist will never, ever, 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 ever make room for you to be angry unless they're trying to trap you in front of other people, okay? They might let you explode so that they can point to you and say, oh, look, you're crazy, okay? That's the only time a narcissist will ever let you feel that. Escaping this cycle of emotional avoidance and denial, you have to learn to lean into your emotions, all of them. And that includes your anger because you're gonna be feeling a lot of that. 
And we don't like to hear that. We do not like to hear that because the self-help world, the commercial self-help world, which benefits the power structures that be, push avoidance. Anger avoidance is the narrative. Your anger is so bad for you, is what they say. It's so bad for you. It makes you sick. You should never be angry. The goal of healing is to never be angry. Uh, That's ignorant and it's subterfuge. Your anger is not any better or worse than any other emotion that you have. It exists for a very specific reason. And the reason that your anger exists is to protect you. It is to signal to you that something in your environment is not right. Your boundaries somewhere in your environment are being crossed. Or you have an unhealed wound, which is being triggered by a similar situation. So your anger is always coming with a message. It is always trying to point to a wound that needs to be healed or a boundary that is being crossed. But what we are told by commercial self-help is avoid your anger. Don't be angry. Just be zen. Just be chill. That benefits nobody. It creates a passive, completely checked out, zinned out, blissed out society. And that's what happens to you in your relationships as well. When you go, oh, I shouldn't be angry. I can't be angry. And then the narcissist reinforces that by punishing you when you're angry. But here's the thing. If you're ready to break out of that cycle, you got to get angry. Okay. You have to get angry because your anger is the fuel. It is the rocket fuel. (laughs) That will rocket you out of a bad situation. It is your anger, not your grief, who will say enough. That's enough. Enough. Not another person is going to cross this boundary or make me feel the way that I'm feeling right now. And then you can take that angry energy and you can channel it into positive action for yourself, putting yourself into a better, more positive environment. And that is genuinely what your justified rage is there to do. A narcissist will feel the entire array of their emotions, but they will never let you be angry, right? A narcissist can be angry with you, but you can never be angry with them. But once you are, that's where the line gets drawn for you, for your children, for everyone else. So you have to stop burying your anger, burying your expectations and channel them. When you feel that energy of being angry, ask yourself, What's the most positive thing I can do with this anger right now? Can I stand up for myself? Can I go and find a new job? Can I go and find a way out of this toxic relationship? Can I see a better future for myself because I'm so fed up of where I am right now? That's what your justified anger will do for you. And that is genuinely it. That is genuinely the basics of how you start to recover yourself from narcissistic abuse. And I know there are so many gurus and the experts out there who are like, well, step one, you've got to learn this thing and you've got to do this thing and you've got to do this thing. All of those elements will be present on your journey. Okay. It is so complex. Think about how many ways the narcissist abuses you mentally, emotionally, verbally. Some of them are even spiritual abuse, you know. There's so many complex layers. And for many of you, the abuse goes on for years. You can't recover yourself overnight. Okay, there's no magic formula, but what you can do is you can take these basic building blocks of healing your inner child wounds, re-educating yourself about human behavior and life skills, building your emotional intelligence, tapping into the anger that wants you to feel better and to be loved and to be in a better place. When you do those four things, you create a foundation on which you can recover yourself and the rest of your life. 
but you're the only person that can do it. You're the only person who can make that choice, who can stand up and say, enough's enough. I will no longer exist this way. I will be moving forward in the name of my own desires, my own standards, and my own happiness. There it is. We did it. I told you I was going to teach you in less than 30 minutes how to recover yourself from narcissistic abuse, how to find yourself again, find your peace and find your stability. And that's it. That's genuinely it. You use those foundations and you're set for the future. You're set for the future. Everything else is a building block. Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode. Genuinely, I hope that you're able to get something out of it. I hope that it's, you know, been a relief. It's been an inspiration. It's provided you some insight and it's provided you with confidence to do what needs to be done to take steps towards your own life, your own fulfillment, not someone else's. Because I'll tell you what, the state of the world right now, it's grim, right? It's not an enjoyable place to be. For the majority of us, the majority of the time. And that's not going to change by just big overhauled, you know, revolutions at the top. It starts with personal revolutions right here, right now at home. You change and improve your life and you encourage other people to do the same. You help other people do the same. So that's what it takes. If you loved this episode, uh, I would love it if you would leave a quick five-star review on Apple Podcasts. For everyone that leaves a five-star review, I'll give you a free copy of any ebook in my shop. All you've got to do is head over to Apple Podcasts, leave your review. Uh, when it goes live, take a screenshot of it. That's it. You just send that screenshot to me. Tell me what book you want. And you got it. Nothing is better than a free book. You can get a relationship book, narcissistic book, whatever you want to claim. All you got to do is leave a five-star review. So thank you all for your support. It's been totally overwhelming. I cannot wait to see you this week on Medium and on TikTok and everywhere else that you can find me. But until then, keep your heads up, keep your eyes on the stars and keep moving forward. Bye-bye.